our theme, as good as it's going to get. So. It was a movie, wasn't it? <laughs> Jack. Uh, as good as it gets, as good yeah. As good, yeah. yeah. Never Hi, saw everyone. I, I, I think I did. Helen Hunt. I used to like yeah. Helen Hunt. I mean, I still do. I don't have anything to say about her. Hello. We're in Luke chapter 24 still. Um, we're nearing the end. I just made an observation that at the next page, we're in John, which we're not going to get into. But True enough. So uh, what's going on here? Although we just did read John 1. We're always going to come back actually. to John. He's got a lot to say. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like it's inspired. So oh, wow. as we're wrapping up the book of Luke, this is our final sermon in the series. Sad. Uh, this whole two-year uh, journey of our Dear Theophilus series. I was still in my twenties. <laughs> you were so young then, um, and now you're still so young. But anyhow, as a thirty-one-year-old lady, yeah. as we are, it is strange when you say it that way. Yeah. When you think I was in my twenties when we started this series, wow! And I was in my forties. So anyway, as we are, um, George wasn't born. <laughs> ouch! As we are wrapping this up, um, we come to the finality of Luke, and yet what I what I find interesting about it and why it's very likely that we're going to do Acts next year is it feels like it's setting up a sequel. You know, and you get to the to the end of a movie and there's that... Cliffhanger. Kind of a cliffhanger where it, it wraps everything up and yet you know... Like, wait! There's more. Right. You know, the, you, you know that something else like could happen Like at the end of a good here. TV show and you have to wait all summer for it to oh, come man, back. Oh, man, I hate that. Yeah. So... <clears throat> um, I just watched a couple of uh, episodes more than I intended of Rizzoli and Isles. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's a crime show. Nobody watches Rizzoli and <laughs> Isles, right? Are you kidding me? It's a great show. It's, a, it, it, it's terrific. Anyway, and I hope Suzanne's listening to this because she's the one that got us hooked on this in the first place. Oh, so. gosh. That's like Burn Notice. That is a brilliant <laughs> show. Have you ever watched Burn Do Notice? Do you just watch TVS all the time? <laughs> Well, they've got some of the best ones. Have you ever watched Burn Notice? No. Have you ever watched Psych? Move on. I have watched Psych. Okay. Move on. Brilliant stuff. Oh. You, you shouldn't have taken us down this road. But it's anyway, the reason that I watched... That was my nickname. Couple, well, that is a very appropriate nickname. Oh. As we have... The reason that I watched two more episodes than I intended was that same concept. You get to the end and it's this cliffhanger. And you have to know. And it's like, right. I can't walk away from this right, right. now. Luke ends a little bit like that. Probably a little less so than Mark. With When Mark gets to the end of his gospel, it's like, wait a minute. We're supposed to have a happy ending. We don't. We have a kind of happy ending, and yet we're not seeing the it's response not, right, we want. Right, right. So with Luke, we have more of the, we get to see more of the reaction of the people. There's more uh, of, of what happens after the resurrection. Uh, with Mark, it's resurrection, tell the ladies, they're freaked out, the end. Here in Luke, he's they're they're coming back. They're giving this uh, information. the The disciples don't get it. They're a little overwhelmed, and then Jesus shows up. So now everything changes when he appears to them, and, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, um, what you're Hi. you're here, yeah. uh, and and you know we see elsewhere not in Luke, but we see Thomas's reaction that it's like, um, no, I, he's not with them at the time. Uh, who knows, maybe he's one of the other, maybe he's the other disciple going to Emmaus. Mm-hmm. I would think that he'd have been mentioned if he were, so mm-hmm, he's probably mm-hmm. not. <clears throat> but for whatever reason, he's not there. And so he comes back and says, look, unless I see it myself, I'm not going to believe it. Which, you know, he gets called Doubting Thomas for that. But isn't that where most of us sure, end up? Yeah. You know, our, our natural tendency is, 
uh-uh, show right. me. I, I'm going to have to believe this. Um, at, at, at best, a hint of skepticism. <laughs> and, and I think that's actually pretty healthy. John yeah. says in, in, in his letter in First John that we are to test all the spirits. Yeah. Paul says, don't believe every spirit. Don't, don't, you, you need to actually check this out. Don't despise a word of prophecy. Don't despise the teaching. But as you're doing this, Check it against the word. That was the beauty of the Bereans. They were diligent in the word so that every teacher that came along had to match up to what they read in the scriptures. Mm -hmm. And they could do that because they knew it. I think the problem we see in churches today is we don't know those scriptures. So then people come along with some fancy idea and we just run with it because it sounds Sounds good. good. You know, oh, we should love everybody. And because we love everybody, then we accept every lifestyle. Let's leave out this part. And, and right, we're going to throw away holiness right. because Jesus is love. It's all about unity. Well, that's not actually what it says. It's about unity through truth. And Jesus said, I came to bring a sword, not peace, but division. And this happens with truth as the dividing line. So now as he appears to them at the end of Luke 24, a couple of things happen. He, he shows up. They're still like, um, no, I don't believe it. They're freaking out. They think they see a ghost. Uh, he says, here, feel it. Test me. Here, touch me. You know, I'm here. I have a body. Ghosts don't have a body. <clears throat> um, and even after that, it says they still don't believe him, but not because of doubt, but because of joy and amazement. And, right. and if anybody's ever been so overwhelmed by a good thing that it's you like, this it, can't right? even be real. Right. This is too good to be true. That's kind of how they're feeling. When it says they, they didn't believe because of joy and amazement, it's this is too good to be true. Uh, am I dreaming? Mm-hmm. Pinch me. This is nuts. Um, so then uh, he asks if there's something to eat. So they give him a piece of broiled fish so that he can eat it in their presence because the spirit isn't going to do that, right? right? So I'm actually physically I'm here. here. You can right. touch me. You can feel me. I'm going to eat this food in front of me. I'm going to demonstrate that this is me. Physically, I physically died. I am physically raised to life. Give me some fish. The, the, the forerunner of the rest of us, the first fruits of all of us who will rise from the dead in the end. And so... Then he tells them, just like we've said, this has been the theme throughout chapter 24. I told you, I did it. Now I'm telling you what I did. The scriptures told you about this. All of this was foretold. None of it's a surprise. So in verse 44, he says to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that was written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. So again, he's saying, all, all just like you told the guys on the road to Emmaus, everything that the scriptures said is true. It's always been true. Nothing that God says is ever untrue. And God doesn't change his mind. His his plan is what it is. Mm-hmm. He has always laid it out. Jesus was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So before Adam sinned, Jesus was already the provision for the sin that had not yet occurred. Right. Therefore, as he died long before we were ever on the earth, every sin that I ever have committed or ever will commit was still future right. to this. Right. And yet he still died for this sin. And he knew it. And he knew it. So he says, this, this is what, was, what I told you. This is what was written. We have to be there. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. And he told them in verse 46, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance... We leave that out a lot of the time. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. When we get to the book of Acts, it'll hearken back to this. When he tells them, stay here, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, then in Judea, the surrounding area, 
than in Samaria, the greater surrounding area, than in all the world. <clears throat> so there's this centrality that then radiates out. Uh, repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, which will show up. We'll see the Holy Spirit arrive in uh, Acts chapter 2. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And when he had led them out to the, to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, and I love the way Luke just says this matter-of-factly, while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. It's kind of like when... when no big deal. Yeah, when he appears to the disciples on the road to Emmaus and then he stays and eats with them, and he, he breaks the bread, and they, they're they finally allowed to recognize him, and then he disappears. Like, um, where'd he go? Shoot. <laughs> yeah. And they're not even necessarily free. I mean, at this point, maybe what's left to freak out about? Right. He, he just shows right. up, now he's gone. Hey, man, he's Jesus. I'm ready to roll now. I'm okay. I can accept this. And their question wasn't, where did he go? So much as, weren't our hearts burning even on the road? Before we knew it was him, didn't we have this sense somehow that there was something unique going on? Right. So um, Jesus is taken up into heaven. And as they watch this, it says in verse 52, then they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. I think that's significant in light of that, what we talked about last week in uh, the road to Emmaus, that uh, when they were talking to Jesus on the road and they said he was a prophet, mm -hmm. you know, and, and he, he demonstrated his, his power before God and all the people as a prophet. They stopped calling him the Messiah. They stopped calling him the Son of God because they were so distraught. They lost faith, so to speak, in that moment. But here now, everything has changed. Right. They're back to understanding, okay, I get it. Right. And I get it more fully than I ever got it before. Right. I've got this rationally in my brain. I've got it relationally in my heart. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. They were distraught. Now they are with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple praising God. They could, they, suddenly nothing else mattered. They're back to this, well, this whole thing of only Jesus. Right. Nothing else is really worth pursuing except for Christ. And that's what springboards the church in the book of Acts. Now, they're still huddled together trying to figure stuff out. They're staying in Jerusalem. Once they get the Holy Spirit, which now every believer has, and, and Paul made that clear, that every believer is sealed by the Holy Spirit. We all receive all of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. So then when he comes and, and fills us with power, that enables us to do what our hearts in Christ long to do, and that is to share this joy, to do exactly what they're doing, to return with joy, focus our attention on giving glory to the Lord. And then everything else that happens in our lives flows from that. Mm -hmm. I think that doesn't happen a lot with right, us. You right. know, we, we see it as evangelism as some kind of a, a task that we have to do. Yeah. When that's the case, I think we've missed the point. When we've really seen Jesus, when we've recognized him as the center of everything, mm -hmm and we see him for who he really is, then the natural thing becomes, when we've had a supernatural experience, the natural reaction to a supernatural experience is then to share that with everybody. Right. How can anything else matter? I don't care what you think about me. I don't care what the, what the authorities are gonna do to me. I don't care about anything but this very central reality. Everything else is small potatoes. 
only Jesus matters. And that's where the book of Luke ends. And that's where we'll end today. Uh, excited to get into this. Sad to end Luke, but excited to get into this. So we will catch you guys next time. And then the next uh, something to think about, we'll be talking about Advent. That's right, yeah. Come so on. thanks for joining us on this journey. We're, we're having a good time. Thankfully, we'll get to talk about this again on Tuesday after the after the sermon. But um, it, it's been it's been fun. It's been interesting. Uh, it's been I, two years. It's been long. <laughs> it's been a while. All right. Nice. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs>